You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hello. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm here. These catchphrases are getting <laughs> literally worse each week. <laughs> I wrote this one down this time. I wrote hello, then I'm, and then a hyphen, and then I'm, and then an ellipses, and then here. Yeah. You can tell he was an English major. Possibly, I don't even know if that was your degree. It's all scripted, but I am actually super, super amped to be here hitting my own microphone. God damn. <laughs> I think this might be my first podcast episode. I'm not, I'm not entirely confident. Don't but worry, I... I'll eventually click a pen really loudly into the <laughs> microphone because I'm a fucking idiot, so don't worry about it. But I'm excited to be here because we are covering a movie that I actually liked tremendously and I know that I'm going to have to yell at Pogues about it and explain why he's wrong for about half an hour. Uh, That's right, so... guys. This is the night that I learned that Ben must have a raging drug problem. <laughs> because I appreciate the movie that has potentially, I think, um, a contention for the most bonkers cast I've ever seen. But oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, speaking of cast, uh, our cast is one larger tonight with our special honored guest, my pal, the man, the jazz man, Jeff Rory. Welcome for, welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, thank you. It's, it's good to be here. Thanks, Brad. I feel honored, I think you said. You do look a little honored. Yeah. Yeah. Or gassy, that I don't, the, I don't That know. is the most polite response to being invited onto our podcast we have ever received you sound like you're doing like a news thing like you know we're not just the current vote we have jeff thank and, you, thank you for and please let me know that if i've if i've somehow um illustrated that you're going to be on the npr politics podcast that's yeah, not yeah. what this is that's not what this that's is, not what this politics? is. no we talk about uh, movies that were made from comic books um, and then we elaborate on what we thought about them. Okay, so problem, is that what you signed up for? But if you want more number one, read agreements. <laughs> problem number one, Ben. Yeah. You know that I don't read comic books. Yeah, you don't. I would read, say of your friends, I'm probably the least likely to read a comic book. What's the last comic book that you read? I mean, I'll, the only I, comic book I, I've like, read apparently. You know, I remember this comic that uh, the the FFA would pass out. In grade school, like, okay. I went to a little like farm school, and they passed out this uh, like corn propaganda comic book. There was like a corn like comic book hero, you know, like a superhero, and it was a it was like you know sponsored right. by the corn yeah the maze or something. The, oh, the the corn sordium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That evil entity. Really That's my best comic book memory. <laughs> I thought he was going to say it was those comics that, like, those churches used to hand out, like the one about the person who plays D&D and somehow learns magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy died. I was going to be like, I was like, oh, God. Those yeah, little, those little mini ones? Those. Uh, yeah. Those yeah. Chick tracks or something? Yeah, yeah. They, they totally. leave, like, urinals for you to read and go, ugh. Like, those, yeah, that guy died, thankfully. Um. Uh. So, yeah, when, when, when they do turn Consortium into a movie, I mean, I am... I'll, we'll have you back. We'll have you back for that yeah. one. But I did pick Jeff... For this movie for a reason so if you ha- are not aware we covered 1999's fever dream the mystery men uh an insane movie that by all intents and purposes shouldn't exist it was directed by a man who had directed no feature films before this movie only commercials uh it was based off of a super hyper crazy obscure surreal mockery of mainstream comics um and it had a 68 million dollar budget and starred ben stiller so that happened can we just talk for a second? This movie had a $68 million budget. 
Yeah, that's correct. That is insane. Yeah, it did not make it back either. It did not. No. No, in fact, it didn't even make half of it back. Uh This, I I could not believe, like, as we were watching, or, well, as I was watching this movie because I wasn't with you, I kept thinking, I was like, damn, this movie has a lot of production value. They build a lot of sets and a lot of props. For what reason, I'm not sure. I cannot believe a studio thought that they could make back $68 million with this movie. Yeah. That, that's just insane. I mean, it's a, it's a straight-up comedy. It's not like, two. this is like they bought Batman or the Avengers, and they're like, we're going to do it as a comedy. And you're like, oh, well, th-. it's like they bought a comic nobody read, <laughs> and then we're like, we're going to turn it into a major motion picture. Yeah. We're going to get a huge budget. I mean, I mean we're both in the, we're both comic nerds. I mean, me, me and you, folks, have you ever read any of the Flaming Carrot comics? Like, a lot uh, or anything? I, I mean, I've read a uh, Flaming Carrot comic probably. Same, yeah. Two tops. Right, which if, if you're not, if you're confused, Bob Burden, the creator of The Flaming Carrot, which is a mockery comic in, like, the, the vein of, like, um, I don't know, like, uh, like kind of like Deadpool is, like, a comic that mocks comics, but this is, like, even more and more removed than that. It's, like, he, it, 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 it abandons reality. He would just drop plot points. He would just write whatever it seemed like it was fun to make fun of, and he would create, like, absurd, kind of goofy, pastiche characters uh, that he would call the mystery men, and and I, I read the list on the on the mini It's quite amazing. There's like over like thirty mystery men or something like that. Oh yeah, and like the characters you named, each one sounded less and less. Like I feel like we could make up more realistic sounding superhero names. Yeah, one of them's just named the Zeke, which that was Zeke. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, um, usually we talk about in the beginning of the episode uh, whether or not we had an attachment to the comic this was made from, so people can understand where we're coming from. But I think in this case, we're all a positive shrug, even you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, whereas normally in a comic book movie, I would have had a stronger opinion. Yes. Because... Yeah. 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 If, if we, we picked the wrong one. If, yeah. if only we'd done Blade, you'd have a yeah. ton to say. <laughs> but uh, had you seen this movie before? I think we talked we talk about it briefly. No, I've we'll never seen it. the movie. I think nope. I remember seeing maybe a trailer. Yeah. I was vaguely familiar that the movie existed. Well, it was 99, which is like, I mean, I would have been, what, like? 14, maybe? Something like that? This yeah, is great. Man doesn't know what year he was born. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do math backwards, that's all. Um, all right, so so enough of that. We just want to talk about this insane movie, because Jeff and I just digested it. We mm. talked about it. Pogues, mm. I assume you watched it two weeks ago, and you forgot No, I, I did just watch it Monday, though. I watched it. <laughs> I always like to watch it a little early, just in case something happens and I can't complete it. Um, but yes, I watched it Monday, and I was... Um, I was confused. Well, it's a movie that's... Have you seen it before? (laughs) No, no. I remember when this movie came out because I would have been an age that I'm not comfortable revealing. (laughs) No one knows how old I am. No, I was in, like, high school when this movie came out, and I remember it coming out and having no interest in seeing it, but being like, that's a lot of famous people. But, like, the cast of this movie, which is something Ben was was talking about a little earlier, is... I mean, it is an insane... Let's, let's it's like every person of like the top like 15 build people is like a famous either like a comedian a well-known actor like it's crazy let me just run it down real quick as a lead-in to talking about this movie because it'll it'll get us in the right place so going down the imdb list we have hank azaria as blue raja we have Janine Garofalo as the bowler. I know yeah. who both those people are so far. Yep, yep. Let me know when I've, when I've <laughs> exited your zone of pop culture awareness. 
We have William H. Macy as the shoveler. Mm-hmm. Still good. Um, we're at Kel Mitchell of Keenan and Kel as the invisible bo- invisible boy. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman as the spleen. Ben Stiller as Furious. Uh, here's where we might lose you. West Studi. Nope. Yeah. No. Uh, most people know him as uh, just Google Native American character from that movie I saw, and he will come up. He's one of those guys that always plays that he character. He also has like an amazing voice, so when you hear his voice, you oh, yeah. recognize him probably and be like, I know I've seen him in a bunch of things or heard his voice in a, a bunch of things. Biggest one is Last of the Mohicans, is I think it's his probably biggest yeah. one as a major okay. character in that. Greg Kinnear as Captain Amazing. Uh, Jeffrey Rush as Casanova Frankenstein. Eddie Izzard as Tony P, Artie Lang as Big Red, and fucking, and just to top this bitch off, Tom Waits as Dr. Heller. I recognize him. The the musician Tom Waits. Waits. He's (laughs) an actor. He was in Bram Stoker's Dracula by this point, I think. He's in some movies, but it's kind of insane to think that he would be in this and and go hard. Like, he doesn't just cameo and do a couple lines. Tom Waits always goes hard in any of the movies he's in. He's willing to just go all out. Uh, really, if you have not seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, he is absurd in it. And so, this quick... movie is like, as each scene happened, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's so many like famous people in this movie. I guess that's how the sixty-eight million dollars hit, but it's crazy. Like, uh, I can't believe they all agreed to be in it. So there is an interesting thing here that I, I need to verify, but all, there are there are two cameos here that you I did not mention because they're just again they're cameos they barely worked in. Um, Michael Bay has a couple lines what? in this movie. Yep. Who was he? And CeeLo Green. The... Oh yeah, no CeeLo. I have that's one of my notes. Yeah. I put down. Oh shit! One of the rap gang is CeeLo Green. The, the interesting Which, thing about it, it though, now, you're like, oh, he's controlled compared to. <laughs> Real yeah, life. what's I interesting about that that I found in my research was that those four rappers that made up the Not So Good Gang, which was their name in this fucking yes. movie, um, their their names are Timo, Gip, Cujo, and CeeLo's character is named CeeLo. <laughs> I'm wondering what came first. <laughs> Wait, oh, he, he liked this. He liked this role so much. He was like, maybe I can just continue. Maybe this I'll just be CeeLo now, and that's my. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going way off track. Which CeeLo has decided to continue to be a supervillain. I don't know if you saw him at like the Grammys this year, where he's in like the solid gold suit with like the gold mask on. Yeah, it looks like a straight up Bond villain. Uh, put it, it looks like uh, C-3PO really let himself go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds accurate. So this movie is, uh, much like the comic, meant to be a mockery of core superhero movies. Which actually, this is an excellent question for you, Jeff. What is the last superhero movie that you saw? I mean, everyone seems to pop in for the occasional Captain America or whatever. Are, are you are you yeah, one I to... Was, I got sick a few days ago and watched uh, Batman. Which one? The, uh, the recent one? No, the like... It's about the, 90 of them. The oh, first one, you know, with Jack Nicholson. That was our original and... uh, episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. that was our very first. I listened to it. We're looking eye to eye, Chip. We're too fucking lying. Yeah, I know, that's the problem. I keep averting my gaze. <laughs> but yeah, so I watched Batman recently. So that's perfect. That and I tried to get Michaela uh, to watch it, and we watched like five minutes of it, and she was like, not interested. For the like, listener, Michaela is Jeff's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's perfect, because I think the intro to this movie feels like 
basically all of the Batman movies, how they start, where like it is a party going on, and then a comically absurd villain shows up and just starts stealing shit. <laughs> like I think Mr. Freeze shows up in one of them, the Penguin shows up in one of them, the Joker shows up in one of them. Like there's always like a scene where they bust into like a rich gala and yeah, like yeah. basically. But I love that it was just like a bunch of old people. But yeah, it was like an old folks' home that was having some yeah. sort of like 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 giant festival. The uh, start of this movie, I wrote down, I said, wow, this movie starts insane. Yeah, like, It is just crazy. There, the, entire ca- the entire cast of this party, of which there are at least, like, 60 people in this fucking room, they are all over 80. They are all, eight, like, 70 or up, basically. And they are in evening gowns. They're, they're, there's music. Uh... uh and there is my favorite part, uh, uh, Greg uh, or, or Jeff missed this, but there's a bar in the background that instead of having liquor up on the shelves, it's just prescription medications. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good that? Like, that's yeah, the, I saw that. This is the weird thing about this movie that I will get to as we go, is there's a ton of, like, like incredibly vivid sets for brief throwaway scenes. <laughs> oh, that's why, like, after, like, this scene, not so much, but when they introduce, when they go to Casanova Frankenstein's house... I was like, there is so much going on in this set. That's when I had to stop the movie to be like, this movie had to cost a shit ton of money. Yeah, it's a and full, it didn't. it's a full mansion that you're seeing him in. That's a full constructed mansion with like art and like and like it looks like like, like Tim Burton designed the fireplace and it's just like super elaborate. Yeah. And then you're just there for like one scene where he like knocks. He knocks the the uh, Captain Amazing out, and then that's it. And so they threw yeah, all this money at this movie, and this like this person had never made a movie before. Yeah, the, the director had directed no movies before this, and no movies like, since this. Here's seventy yeah. million dollars. Here's the thing: I need everybody listening to understand. 1999, 68 million dollars is the same as a hundred million dollar movie now. So let that sink in. They spent that much money on a comedy. About a group of superheroes no one had heard of. I mean, it is insane. I cannot believe they thought they could make their money back. And the writer had only written one movie before this, which was Hocus Pocus, '93. Oh. oh, I love that movie. Which is a great movie. But don't worry, after Mystery Men, he went on to make The Adventures of Pluto Nash. So that Eddie Murphy movie that everyone loves, right? That's the one. Oh right? my God! Yeah, that movie. Is... <laughs> Real, I just real quick, just so you understand, Deadpool costs fifty eight million. Now this movie would have cost a hundred million. So that movie—that's how crazy this Wait, is. It, repeat that. Deadpool is fifty eight million today. Fifty eight million dollars is how much Deadpool cost to make. If you could translate this budget to now, it would be as if you paid a hundred million dollars to make Mystery Men now. How did so this he almost double the budget. <laughs> Of a, of a blockbuster film starring an extremely well-liked and beloved character. I mean, it is well, crazy. You and know they thought they were going to gross that money back. They nailed it, which is the best part. They fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> because this movie, which um, a couple, which is, is two hours, which is a complaint that I think Jeff yeah, and I both had. That's too long. Uh, that's a legit complaint. I'm going to go with Jeff on this one. <laughs> two, two hours of nonstop insanity <laughs> but i gotta admit this movie was kind of well scripted i laughed i mean you you confirmed it yeah no i don't lie <laughs> i laughed a, a number of like a lot during this movie its dialogue was pretty solid 
it, it, it sort of waffled through a couple plot points in, the, in Act 2. There were some cringeworthy jokes, too. Yeah, but... the four puns I could have definitely erased <laughs> from this movie. I'll be, really? I'll be fine. Only yeah. four? Because this movie is puntastic. Oh, and I said fork puns. Uh, the, oh, the... fork puns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh, uh, I, think, I think I'll only let, like, I'll keep four fork puns. Is what I thought you said there was four puns that you had an issue with. Like, you counted. <laughs> like, I wrote them down. <laughs> It's like, wow, man, you really went into it. Like, this. I'm just, I have, like, a notebook and I'm angrily scrawling. <laughs> no. Pun one I am not okay with. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this movie does start, like, from the start is crazy. Where this this bar, like Ben said, is all old, like, very old people, you know, like, hooked up to, like, IVs with, like, you know, it's just crazy. And then a gang shows up. And then a bizarre group of superheroes who – this is something that I could not figure out throughout this movie. It appears as though in the beginning, no one has a superpower. The one guy's name is just is the shuffler. All he does is carry a shovel and hits people with it. Then you've got the blue Raja who throws forks but isn't particularly good at it. And also – he's all right at it. And, and to clarify, is an American man – Yes, who pretending is, to be British. Pretending to be British. To explain, that, was, that was a joke that did make me laugh, is when he's trying to explain why he should have a British accent when he's supposed to be the Blue Raja, and he's trying to explain that India used to be a part of the United Kingdom. Yeah. I thought, I don't know why, that one made me laugh, where I was like, wow, somebody put in some back thought and into he's, this stupid accent. He's not dressed in blue, and he's sort of wearing like a quilt and like a weird turban. Also, that's Hank Azaria. Uh, voice of uh, Apu, which seems remarkably apt, as well as Mo Mo Sislak from The Simpsons. You know? Yes, he even does. Um, doesn't he do Doctor Frank? Because in this movie, he does the like Haven when he sits on the fork. Yeah, yeah, he, he does, definitely like, cry like it's he, weird. He definitely is a Haven, and a couple of things that just sound exactly like that Doctor Frank. Yeah, uh, uh, and okay, so you got through, you mentioned the Blue Raja and and. Uh, and uh, and Ben Stiller and how they're all bad at you know their well, yeah, super, my, my, their yeah, supposed like, superpowers. Then you get Ben Stiller and he's called Mr. Furious and he's supposed to be you assume like the Hulk where he gets angry and he gets strong. However, none of these people have superpowers and they fail at their mission in yeah, the I mean, beginning. He, ben Stiller and Chris, just became angry and like annoying. Yes. Yeah. Not angry and powerful. No, yeah, just angry and like bad <laughs> bad like gag lines during combat versus like two powers. Yeah, where he'd just be like, you know, rage rising, which is like, oh, this is not great. But so I was like, oh, okay, the only real superhero is Greg Kinnear's character, who appears to just be wearing, like, a, a suit that gives him superpowers or whatever. But I was like, okay, so they're not, none of them are going to have superpowers. But then as the movie goes on, people begin to have weird powers. Like, the spleen can fart and knock people out, but can, like, aim it like a gun. Then you've got... Jean Groffalo has a ball that is the spirit of her dead father and basically just flies around however it wants. And it's, I could not figure it out. So I was like, are they supposed to have super And that's where like the, I started to get way too into this, like trying to figure out the background of this movie because I could just not figure it out. I was like, so do they have superpowers or don't they? They definitely do. I mean, uh, Invisible Boy totally goes invisible for a second. Yeah, see, yeah. that's where, I, like I had a similar thought because, you know, when you're seeing them in that first scene be bad at their superpowers. It's like, oh, well, this movie's going to, like, obviously end with, like, 
like we're all superheroes and like if you try your hardest but like you know i don't know but yeah no i get no one had like you know magical powers or anything like that but, but the they do. dude goes invisible <laughs> you know, yeah, like, oh and, well okay yeah, so yeah, some I'm, people I'm really do with you I thought the joke was going to be like, oh, none of them are actually superheroes. And then when they're like talking about people to get, they're like, oh, none of these people are superheroes. And when they first go to find like somebody else to join the group, they go to the invisible boy. And his description is, he said, I can turn invisible as long as no one's looking. Such a good joke. I got, I got, <laughs> I got to give props. Yeah, that wasn't bad. And then they're like, and he's like, if somebody looks at me, I'm not invisible anymore. And they're like, well, then how do you know you're invisible? And you kind of so, just feel it. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. And so, you're like, your idea is you're like, oh, this dude's not really invisible. He's just, uh, like, you know, when no one's looking, he thinks he's invisible. And so you're like, oh, this is what it's going to be. But then I, I, that's where, I'd, like, the movie just sort of fell apart for me because I was like, well, either they shouldn't have superpowers or they should. But it, it was weird. Also, there's the joke that really got me, I think, the most in this whole movie was when they go to see the Invisible Boy. And he's, like, starting to tell them his, like, origin story. And they're like, can we come in? And he's like, Dad, I'm going to go to my bedroom with three strange men. And the dad makes <laughs> no response. No line back. That made me laugh. That's, like, one of those jokes where you're just like, that wasn't even that good of a joke. But it made me laugh so hard, like, out loud, watching this by myself. I was I like, laugh. that's a great joke. I totally busted up at a couple of these really good lines. One of my favorites is when Ben Stiller returned to his day job at a junkyard. Um, his boss yells at him and he's 15 minutes late and he goes, oh, I guess all the junk's ruined now. <laughs> like, I just love that fucking line. Yeah, there was there was a couple of like good jokes just unfortunately punctuated by insanity puns and just not good jokes. But, but so we have this intro scene of them blowing it and them being bad superheroes, which sets the tone for the movie that, yeah, we're looking at fuck-ups, misfits, that, again, I see your point where, where we think we're going to just see them evolve as people, mm-hmm. even though they're still just regular people. But, yeah, they slowly evolve as or, people and then also develop superhuman abilities. <laughs> yes, but, like, still, the three of them technically don't have any super... That's what makes it crazy is they meet yeah. all these other people who have superpowers, but they never address the fact that... Or does Ben Stiller get super strong at the end? It does seem like he does. That out. And the Blue Raja gets really good at throwing subword. Like he's like throwing him into walls, and he's disabling yeah, like equipment. Yeah, yeah. The, sh- the shovel action improved too. The shovel action improved. Yeah, people seem to actually get good enough, even though the the only thing that happened was they had a training montage at the lake, <laughs> which I I could not figure out. Like that lake is like they're in the middle of like some sort of like tropical island like the the foliage around them i was like where are they where is this movie supposed to be taking place but at the end of this intro scene we get the strangest walk-in of tom waits of any time he is there picking up old women at this mysterious jazz prom that's happening at this old folks home that seems to be incredibly well funded also in this world that we didn't cover you you pan in and it's like fucking blade runner like there is towers uh... and neon and every sign is in like four languages like i saw cyrillic i saw korean i saw japanese you know i saw like all these it was very much like the world has coalesced into this one society but they don't touch on that Oh. No, that's what I mean. Like, like zooming in, I was like, man, this is kind of like the – I almost looked to be like – I was almost going to be like, oh, was did Anton first, the guy who did the first Batman movie. I was like, did he have any part in this? And then I remembered that he committed suicide oh. after the second Batman movie. So I was like, oh, I guess not. But that's what it like reminded me of is like the the 
style and the look of the opening, I'm like, wow, this movie maybe is much like because when it first zooms in, I was like, maybe this movie is not at all what I thought it was going to be about. You know, like maybe I just remember commercials and I thought it looked stupid. It was actually a decent movie. And then it, it zooms into a room and there's like two or three 70 year old Asian women singing like a song on stage while all these old ladies are doing like a choreographed dance number. And I was like, nope, never mind. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what I thought. Okay. It um, and, and, and we, we sort of get established this plot, uh, before us that Captain Amazing is this amazing superhero who's kicked ass so long that he now no longer has any good fights to have. So his, he's losing sponsorships and he's not making as much money. So he needs to like manufacture his own. Yeah. I mean, he lost sponsorship. He also seemed to be losing like his passion. Yeah. You know, for the game, he was just not in it. Yeah, so he, he decides to... He's like, oh, I need a bigger fight, you know, by yeah. villain. So he's, yeah, yeah. He, he decides to restore his, uh, his greatest his, villain. His, the names of, like, the villains he fought, I thought those were pretty good, too. Just, like, how absurd each individual one was. Yes. And then and we how, find out... That and how they're all uh, dead or incarcerated. <laughs> yeah, when he's naming them, he's like, he died, he's, like, in an insane <laughs> asylum, he got the chair, and he's like, oh, really? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we find out, they we cut to... Um, one, this movie did something which I do not like in films. There's a lot of like people looking directly at the camera, and There's I do not. That, that's yeah. not a good thing to do in a movie. <laughs> Just as a heads up for all you directors out there, try to try to remove looking down the barrel shots. Um, but so we get the idea that uh, Casanova Frankenstein is up for parole. The parole board does not want to free him, but. Lance, I believe is his name, is Captain Amazing's secret identity comes in in, in in like a great sort of mockery of Clark Kent Superman because it's it just the only difference is he's just wearing glasses. Yeah, I mean, not, like very like they're not even like that. He didn't change anything else. His haircuts <laughs> the same. Everything he just comes in in glasses, and none of them can tell that he's not that he's Captain Amazing. It's, and it leads it's to a great little, bit. Earlier, where they're having a conversation at the diner, and Ben Stiller pitches, uh, clarifies that he's constantly been pitching this idea that they're the same person, and they all argue. He, he, but he wears glasses. Like, yeah, he takes them off. Yeah. Well, then he can't see. Like, it's, it's a good. That is one of my favorite moments. It's when, a good uh, bit. He's like, he's like, uh, Lance wears glasses. Yes, <laughs> he does it. Just like, oh Dumb. man. So he comes in and vouches for Casanova Frankenstein to be freed, even though he is not actually. Uh, rehabilitated thinking that he'll have a good battle and be able to get sponsorship back but it doesn't really work out for him i I yeah i mean the purpose of this is to is 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 the movie's hero is manufacturing us a villain which is sort of um i mean again this is all like a parody of comic books where that would never be the case like no no serious hero would go free their villain for uh publicity so it's what I do like about this movie is is that it's taking it's taking a lark on super on the, the concept of superheroes and it's 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 reminding that it does what I like when comics do which is inserting the real world which is like yeah being Superman would be great but she wouldn't make any fucking money like no one pays you to but be yeah, Superman yeah he's he's like basically wearing like a NASCAR outfit yeah, yeah. so you get full of ads you you would need to have sponsorship and if you had sponsorship you would need to have a pr agent and you need to make pr moves i mean we work in marketing jeff mm-hmm. we get that right mm-hmm. we get brand awareness uh, yeah <laughs> do you work in marketing <laughs> yeah i do 
Do you? Uh, this is do you this get brand awareness? awareness? <laughs> yeah, do you get brand awareness? This is a folks? this is a sad turn of events that neither Ben nor I realize we work in the same <laughs> industry till right now. All what? three of us old marketing guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pogues works in a jail, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the same thing as a marketing place, right? No, no, I work for a marketing company. But um, so I like that plot point, but very early on, <laughs> Captain Amazing is basically ejected from the movie when he's immediately captured and in prison for all of the second act. <laughs> yes, it is somewhat confusing in a way, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That whole thing was... I, I don't know. <laughs> that was a weird turn. And it was like... Also, did you find the timeline of this movie very confusing? I did. I, I think that's the point I was trying to get to a minute ago, is that is that uh, it doesn't feel like it's happening in like a night or two. It feels like it takes like months to ultimately get to yeah, the end of the but, movie. Like, when, when he captures Captain Amazing, he goes down to see him hooked up to a machine, and he says, tomorrow I'm going to kill you. But... The next night is when the mystery men show up to try to free him the first time and get beat up. And then it appears to be several weeks later. Or at the very least, it's four days later, at the very least, because there's four more scenes of day and then night. So it's just like, I I thought you said he was going to kill. I was very confused by that. Well, they had two hours to burn. Well, you know, honestly, it's a two-hour movie. It's almost actually kind of hard to track it back point by point. But the things... I just have some points that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Jeff, and I think you're with me on this, um, characters that succeeded, I think number one on the list for me is Tony P and the Disco Boys. Yes. <laughs> Tony P, played by Eddie fucking Izzard mm-hmm. in a disco tracksuit. Uh, Who is, like, playing him in the most, uh, like, bizarre way in which it feels like he's, like, purposely not acting well. Yeah. Like, it feels like he's, like, trying to do, like, a, like, almost like a Batman 66, like, an actor who's not really into the, it's, like, it was weird, but it was great. I and love the scene where he's just disco dancing. Yeah, and he's got this, he's always drinking some sort of, like, uh, whiskey or out of, a, out of a glass, and he's got that fucking like, Desert Eagle pistol with, like, seven things attached to it that's, like, painted gold. Yeah, all gold their guns and... are, like, gold-encrusted and have, like, uh, inlays in them and stuff. I just love that this movie This movie does a good job at establishing a, it's got a fucking world. Like, when you see them in the diner, they, they're in some of this, they're watching some weird TV that has, like, a brand logo on it, and then they go outside and they go, oh, shit, it's Tony P, like, as if they run into him before. Like, I like that there's sort of this, like, pre-established universe that's built around it, because... It's fucking absurd. <laughs> yeah, what's and that that's like what some of the part that gets me is I'm like, they're building this as if like these are characters we would know. As if like you're sitting in the theater and you're like, Oh my god, dude, it's Tony P. They put him in the movie. The disco boys. Has, yeah, it's like as if anybody has any clue what the fuck is going well, on. Well does anybody? Like is this I, no, in the I comic? Don't, no. No, I don't think any of these some of these characters like the shoveler are in the comic. But there, I mean, again, the comic is like absurd. It's the shoveler slash uh, spader or spade. But like, he wasn't using shovels all the time. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did have a point of contention about his. Yeah, his, I don't know whether it was his like, garden spade. I don't garden, but it was like a gardening tool. It was not a shovel. It was like a short. Yeah. Hand trowel or something. It's a trowel. It was That's like, what it is. It, it was, was like trowel. the uh, it was like the shovel they give people at groundbreakings that wouldn't really work to actually dig up anything. Well, was, what is your stance on the shovel using a trowel? This is a huge issue that Jeff, Jeff has brought up. It, it upset me. 
Well, I feel like we need to completely remove this movie from existence due to its inability to know the difference between trowels and spades and shovels. <laughs> uh, Casanova Frankenstein, I guess, appeared in two episodes of the Mystery Men comic. Yeah, he did. Oh, wait, uh, no, just in the movie adaption. Never mind. He wasn't a character in the original <laughs> Mystery Men. <laughs> I thought I remember being... I, that name sounds familiar to me, though. I, I swear to God, I know it from somewhere. Anyway, um... So just Kat, your dreams, Ben. I mean, there's a lot of people here who don't have powers. Like, not even just the heroes. Like, like obviously, Casanova Frankenstein is some sort of like mad genius inventor because he has all these gadgets and poisons and stuff like that. But Tony P and the Disco Boys just have guns and probably do coke. Uh, uh, yeah, and, like what's great though is the scene where they like come out and they're all just like pointing guns at them and they're just like, oh. Like, they have, like, no, there's no, they're just like, oh, yeah, people have guns, and we don't actually have superpowers. And they also, like, they clarified that it was embarrassing for them because they didn't even have a theme. <laughs> like that oh, was yeah, when they come, yeah, I do, like, when they're like, come on, you're just not even, like, grouped together. If you're going to have a chain, at least make it a gold chain. That's just off the top of my head. This guy's got a pipe. What is he, a plumber? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was pretty, it's pretty solid. Those were some great bits. Um... I loved the bits when uh, they came back and they were going to kill the mystery men after they had the second time. And they're all like doing like puns on, you know, like dead cats and all the, you know, like they're doing like all yeah. slang. and then their guns all get destroyed. And they're like, well, you're the six almost dead guys dead next time. And then like, it's still trying to <laughs> as do they're the backing nicknames. away. <laughs> yeah, They're still trying to do the nicknames, which I was like, that's a great little throwaway joke there. Um, uh, the other bit that really worked for me exceptionally well, because this is what we're doing now, is uh, is when the Sphinx was training them, and after like four or five times of him just delivering a line that was just like a formulaic reversal of like, you know, it, it, to, to control one's rage, one must find like, you know... Uh, 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 it was the, like, one must get control of his rage, or else his rage will control yeah, him. there it is, there it is. And, and, and I like that everyone's like... It's totally just like in love with this guy yeah. and his and his and his and his mentoring. <laughs> he, he, uh, uh, Mr. Furious even calls it out. Don't these feel a little formulaic? <laughs> Which yeah, is a good then, meta joke to throw in there. And then when the guy when he's like he's like a man who can't control his rage. He's like what is controlled by his rage? That's what you're gonna say, wasn't it? He's like <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I mean the. Studi's voice is so good that like the like it works so well for those jokes because everything he says has like this veritas to it and so and he's just like maybe it's like such a good that was a great joke there are just like seven or eight great jokes and then like seventy five to ninety terrible ones <laughs> I don't know if the, I agree with that ratio I don't know I mean I could have done without the entire character the the fart guy the spleen yeah yeah the voice the yeah, fart it was, was just funny. kind of pointless yeah he's doing like kind a, of gross he's doing a forced lisp the whole time yeah and then he's just doing fart jokes and he has really like like there's a reason that we do makeup in movies is that blemishes are distracting in a movie so when you build a character who intentionally has them it's unpleasant especially when they're not really that well done so it just looks like he has like gangrenous warts on his face instead of like he has acne or something yeah. i was like well, i don't like this at all and it's a it's a shame because uh, paul rubens Peter herman is fan, fucking fantastic uh and he's not given a lot of room to do anything but fart jokes like fart, he yeah he's got no dimension to his humor other than fart jokes although this is interesting i was reading up some background um during one of the scenes in the junkyard there's a weird I, this is weird sort of almost out of place moment 
where he delivers a line and then there's an explosion behind him. And apparently, yeah. uh, he, he plays it off as a fart, but apparently that was a special effects misfire. That oh, happened, really? That happened during filming, and because Paul Rubens is a consummate professional, he just he just worked it into a fart joke and kept doing his lines, so... Wow, I thought that was... When that happened in the movie, I was like, that was a weird, like... That joke didn't really fit in at all. Yeah, yeah. It's Which is saying something for the fart jokes in this movie. That's interesting. So, yeah, Jeff... We'll just put that in the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me. Gotta have uh, something for the commentary track. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna hit you with some questions here, because mm-hmm. you're an interesting take on this, because I, I like having... Uh, I like having a perspective like yours because Pogues and I could talk forever about comic books and adaptations. It's all we do. Um, as a man who hasn't seen a lot of comic book movies and a man who doesn't read a lot of comics, um, does this feel like an accurate portrayal of, of, of like mockery in terms of comic books? Like, does this feel like a good mockery of comic books for what you understand? Yeah, I think so. I think I got all the like the bits. like The, the alter like, ego jokes, yeah. how absurd that is. And, exactly, yeah. And, and, the uh, absurdity of the superhero like in general, yeah. I, I think I got it. Yeah, it was funny. I think that if I had gone to, if I had actually gone to see this movie uh, like no one else did, yeah. I'm not really quite sure how to say that, but I think I would have actually laughed and like been like, oh yeah, that was a funny movie. Like, because that's my concern with if if you're a Hollywood director and you're like, oh, we're gonna spend seventy million fucking dollars making a a superhero movie with a weird cast. Um, is it only gonna be funny to people who watch superhero movies? And as a point of context, this movie came out in '99. There weren't that many out at that point. Yeah, that's there was true. like Batman, like you mentioned, and I think. Um, Jeez, like, so, like some of the some of the early shit, but but really certainly not like the, the Marvel universe we have now. So making fun of comic books, I don't. Is that have the audience to make it a blockbuster? I'm no, like, that's, that's, that's what I mean. That that's is the why problem. it is so yeah. absurd. But you, but uh, it's kind of funny because it wouldn't necessarily bring people in. But even if it did, in your case, and I think many other but cases, it didn't. because this movie, yeah, it didn't. <laughs> this movie has pretty good reviews, so I think people did yeah. find it funny even without the comic book knowledge. But you can't market it to people when they just don't give a shit. It's kind of like, what was that, uh, what's that Star Trek parody movie? That um, Galaxy Quest. That's the same kind of genre. You ever seen Galaxy Quest? It's, no, never it's with, seen Star Trek, never seen It's with Galaxy Tim Allen and the I whole... I have no reference for any of this. I have nothing to do with trivia. The whole bit. Wait, what? You've never seen a Star Trek movie? <laughs> no, I mean, I have seen a Star Trek movie. <laughs> difficult, I guess. So, um, so let me ask you questions that uh, then sort of fit your more, more of your wheelhouse. As a as a person who appreciates Ben Stiller, go on. <laughs> is that not true? Is yeah, that I was, like what? Where did you get this? I, I thought we talked about this. Before. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and and he this is what we were talking about earlier. You're wearing. He, he said <laughs> he said earlier today. He was like, yeah, well, I know you like Ben Stiller, and I was like, yeah. All right, well, I want to talk about that later or whatever. Like, why? Like, I, I what just, led you to believe that I like Ben Stiller? I thought, and I'm not projecting. quite sure why I'm taking offense. No, it's fine. I, I thought we had. Just, I, I just thought that was a point of a point of uh, a point of agreement. Hank Azaria, love. Right, Hank, Hank Azaria is right up your. I mean, are you a Pee Herman fan at all? Yeah. I mean, no, we talked about his his character doesn't really get the right play because he's pigeonholed into this weird fart jokes. Yeah, no, I I like him. I like bikes. You know. Went down to Millennium Park and watched the the movie he has like about bicycles or whatever. Oh right. Is that the wrong guy? <laughs> no, so you right. can you can see how familiar I am with Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> no, like Pee Wee's Great Adventure or something. He's yep. riding around on a bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My favorite is that movie where he goes over 
to Europe during World War II and has to find that soldier who's lost? That's the same guy, right? Yep, same guy. Uh, now, Janine Garofalo, I know you're a huge Janine Garofalo fan. Yeah, for sure. You're right on that one. <laughs> you're right. I'd like to disagree every time. But, yeah, I like her. I didn't know who she was, you know, when this movie came out. I certainly didn't know who she was when this yeah. movie came out. A lot, of the, a lot of the people I recognize in this movie, I don't, wouldn't have. Yeah, I don't think as a 14-year-old kid, I wouldn't even, I would have even placed Hank Azaria, even though I know who he is and I would have watched The Simpsons. I don't think I would have picked up on that. Where were you going with the Ben Stiller line of questioning, though? Like, did you have... I, like, why is so it important now that he knows you don't like him? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if this was a good Ben Stiller movie for you, because oh. he's sort of the main <laughs> character, right? Yeah, well, I... Like, I even said this in the movie, like, there's some, like, standard Ben Stiller, like, acting in, like, bits in this movie, right? This is all I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. You <laughs> Why are you going to be a dick about it? No, no, no. I appreciate it. Let's have Jeff back again. This is my favorite <laughs> guest. I like it when the guests go with me against Ben, not when they take his side. Uh, now, Jeff, do you think it's possible for someone to um, have an accident in which they fall down an elevator shaft and land on some bullets? as it was discussed as Janine Garofalo's father's uh, a reason for dying. Yeah, this could happen. Yeah, that's, that, that, that sounds legit to you? Mm-hmm. Totally. Take the down, folks. Take note of that. I thought that, I thought that was a somewhat <laughs> decent joke. And then See, when this we, is the thing about this movie that I think is not fair, is we could probably spend another ten minutes recounting more jokes that yeah. were funny. Uh, I think you're being too harsh in this movie, folks. Here's my problem. For every good joke, there's a fart joke or a fork pun that goes nowhere. And there is just, like, the plot and the pacing is just sort of all, like, the movie's two hours. That's a long time for a comedy. Yeah. Especially where there's just, like, chunks of it that are just going nowhere. Like, right in the middle, too, and you're like, wow, I have an hour left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, fought that I'm some not going to lie. I looked at one point and I was like, seriously, there's a fucking hour left in this movie? Which I feel like is something I say in a lot of these podcasts. <laughs> I should really disable that feature on my uh, replays. But yeah, I, I just think that like there could have been there. There's a good movie in here if they cut it down. I think that's if probably fair to say. better editing, and they removed some of the characters. I think there's actually a pretty decent movie in here. I but, think I'd still watch it like a week from now. Honestly, though, I, I'm you think surprised. Do you think you'll watch this movie again? Yeah, yeah, I think I will. All right, this podcast is over. <laughs> it's not not, this, not this episode. The entire thing, Jeff. Oh, let us, we'll check back in on the mini-episode to see if this is true. Jeff, William H. Macy's performance, in, in particular his, uh, his... You're a big uh, Macy head, right? You're, yeah, you're a huge Macy head. <laughs> no, fucking no. I hate him. <laughs> I was half hating Wait, him. Both of those are weird things to me. No one, no one has a strong opinion about William H. Macy. Let me just be clear about that. I'm not being mean about it, but I don't think no one. If you're at a party and you're like, "Man, William H. Macy sucks," no one's gonna run across the room and be like, "What the fuck did you say about?" Yeah, you never hear when people are like, "You know, he's a great comedic actor," and they're like, "William H. Macy, you know, the, guy from the third Jurassic Park movie." <laughs> no, he's. Him and his, him and his, the relationship with him and his wife is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Where his wife, his wife has that that standard like this is a common thing in in superhero movies. It's a trope where like you know Peter Parker goes home to Mary Jane or whoever goes home to like their loved one. The loved one you know is supportive of what they do, but they're honestly concerned because of the dangers and whatnot. But he's not 
a real superhero. He's mostly in a diner with a shovel talking about, like, superhero names. <laughs> like, he's not a real superhero. And she's, like, barely putting up with it. And yeah, I thought you was... can kind of feel her, like, pity almost. Like, <laughs> yes. maybe pity's the wrong word, but just, yeah. Disdain? Yeah. <laughs> here's, also... here's a question I have real yeah. quick about William H. Macy and his wife. This was one of the many moments in the movie where I was like, was that supposed to be a joke? Because, like, when he walks in, they, like, zoom in on a picture of him and his wife and their kids. And his wife is black and they have kids. But they linger on the picture so long that I was like, is something going – like, or is the joke that he's married to a black woman? Like, I was like, I don't get why I need to see this family portrait. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get the same information in four seconds. He walks in. His wife's there. He has a kid. I don't – I don't I, – so I was just like, was that supposed to be a joke? Like – was there supposed to be fun to something funny? Like William H. Macy would never like, you know what I mean? Like I just couldn't get it. And there's a few moments in this where I was just like, are these jokes or are they just bizarre choices? That's how you know it's and a comedy it, that works. When you, when you say to yourself, are these jokes? Yeah. When you um, have to sit down afterwards and be like, hmm. But the fucking set design on his home is the best fucking thing in this movie because the first time we see it he pulls out of that pink garage that pink lit garage that's like that bows out at the top like it's a curve like it's a tim burton garage (laughs) and then inside rooms are like starkly designed like their bedroom is like wall to wall like powder blue even the lamps pillows ceiling light fixtures everything's powder blue later on it's really weird. Like somebody went overboard on these sets, and I don't know under what direction. Like, like why? Someone I, goes, okay, maybe that's why the movie was so expensive. Maybe yeah. they were just like, hey, we need the following sets: a house, a mansion, and a prison. And the guy was like, all right. And he came back. He's like, all right, I need twenty-five million dollars. I built the sets, and they were like, wait, what? Like, yeah, because <laughs> like your, your budget was twenty-five thousand dollars, not twenty-five million. He was like, oh, what I happens when this? Juice. The set director was like, yeah. So so Macy plays a a guy who's just a just a regular working guy who at night goes out and carries a shovel and tries to beat up thugs. Okay. I've got some ideas of how to design his standard suburban home. <laughs> has a pool and I, I don't know. It was yeah. AstroTurf was... over everything and yeah, it was it was literally one of like when he pulls up at night and his house is just full of toys in like the front yard. Yeah. It looked like it was like out it's of, an Edward uh, Scissorhands house, is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it looks like it should be from like Nightmare Before Christmas. Like yes. it does look natural. Like it doesn't look like it's the right size to be a house people could live in. It's like a weird color, and all the other houses appear to be like it's like they bought a lot, tore down the house, and were just like build something insane. But the question, so this weird. is why I love it's like this Wayne movie. Wayne Coyne's house or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 this movie is built like a fucking Tolkien book, where it's like. When you're you're in the middle of like reading a story and then suddenly it goes down a rabbit hole of like oh let's explore this man's insanely rich like decorated home that, mm-hmm. that has no bearing on the plot or even his character it's just super insane and and worth like looking at for a little bit I guess and his son had that toy tr- shovel in his hands <laughs> and it was so good he was like I believe in you daddy I believe in you. <laughs> And he has one of my favorite lines in the movie there, which is, uh, which is like, honey, I shovel. I shovel well. I shovel I real shovel well. Better, I shovel better than uh, most men. And she She's agrees. Like, <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're a fine shoveler. You're the finest shoveler I've seen. And I was like, what is happening? And he has, like, did you see in the background in the hallway of the overly designed house? He has, like, a display case 
that has like multiple shovels in it, like one silver, one's gold plated. I didn't I was see like, that. What is? I was like, what is happening in this movie? Does this pay off ever? And the answer is no. So like, I mean, it was it was a good interaction, but if that part of the movie's gone, it doesn't like that's it's just like a lot of stuff that I don't know. It's just weird. I want to run down. A, uh, I want to run down a couple of quick questions, uh, like a couple of lightning round questions before we wrap this up. Uh, one, do you think Jeff, as someone, and then also Pokes, uh, uh, do you think any of these characters could be spun off comic? That is the, uh, a common comic book thing: is that we introduce a team, one becomes very popular, and then ultimately gets their own spin-off comic. Uh, do you think any of these heroes in this movie have the chops for that? No, they're all terrible. You wouldn't you wouldn't read a shoveler comic where he, he like hits some people with a shovel. Well, ben, I wouldn't goes, read any comic. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. All right, but, God damn elitist. But but here's my pitch, right? So like well, the I'll first read the corn comic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. I got a, I got a pitch when you're done. Here's my pitch. Uh, the the shoveler for like two pages, the shoveler is just like hits like a mugger in an alley, right? There's a whole sequence there, and then the rest of the comic is him at home just having a normal life with his wife. I think yeah. that's the only way you could do. It. I could. I think the Sphinx could have a spinoff where he just goes and mentors uh, really shitty superhero teams. <laughs> I think that could work. I don't think each week is a new ultra stupid set of characters. Um. Uh. Okay. Next question. Blue Raja, racist interpretation, just sort of a quirky character. What's your take? Uh. It it felt a little racist to me. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't really, really sure how to. Because the way it. he was dressed. Well, he's also the Blue Raja, which is distinct. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't take it as being racist, because now, if he had been doing, like, the Apu voice... <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. I would have put it over the edge, But for it sure. was the joke that he wanted to be, like, from India, despite the fact he's a white man, and then was like, well, India used to be part of the British Empire, so that's why I'm the Blue Raja, because there were English... Ra and, like, he has all this backstory to explain what is the stupidest cat like there's no reason to be the blue raja <laughs> yeah so i didn't think it, it was racist so much as it was just supposed to be like so ridiculous and so hard like so long of a walk to get to why he wears a turban that you're just like oh, that was not needed at all <laughs> it does feel like it's such a mishmash of confusing things that it almost isn't by accident but the fact that he's like doing colonialism which is in itself not necessarily a great thing uh, uh, as like a costume piece, but but then yeah, then the fact that he's not like throwing something offensive, <laughs> he's not like you know I could think of a couple of racist weapons he could utilize, like <laughs> like like having just curry that he throws at someone's eyes or something. Like that. You can think of like racist shit he could go for. Uh, that's not his character. Uh, he just seems to have this real obsession, like kind of like a nerd obsessed with Japanese culture might carry a samurai sword and like. And I, I didn't know terms. that was supposed to be sort of a like a play on like the white ninjas of the seventies and eighties in the Marvel Comics universe. Like Could the be. idea that like yeah. all these people appear and they're like super eastern, but they're like all white guys, like Iron Fist, the hand, you know, Daredevil has like a tie in, Electra is a Greek woman who's a ninja. <laughs> that was supposed to be like a joke, was supposed to be like, Yeah, he picked India and he has a tenuous at best connection to the country, but that's how we're gonna play it. That's what I thought. I, I yeah, I'm gonna say not racist, but maybe that's just my my white privilege talking. Yeah, this is where we get to the. This is what I you know did the intro for. This is like discussion. Yeah, this is right the NPR here. politics podcast yeah. about 
Is the Blue Raja a racist character? We all need to talk much quieter and with no emotion in our voice. It's really important. (laughs) I will say, this is totally fucking off topic, but I got in my car the other day and NPR came on and I usually love it, but (laughs) the first line I heard was someone just being like, the evolutionary tree isn't really even a tree. It's in fact a provincial bush. And I was like, fucking oh, turn God. it off. I turned it off. I was so mad. <laughs> wow, that is. <laughs> the other day we went to play a game over at Frank's house and he was listening to NPR and I was just like, oh my God, this woman doesn't have, like saying anything. She's just like, and then they blew up an apartment complex. <laughs> this one has no emotion talking about the murder of thousands of people. Like, how about a little indignation or something? I've been listening right. to On Being, which is kind of like that same voice, but she's really like emotive when she talks, and she does a lot of like, hmm, like, do you know the podcast? <laughs> like, it's all yeah. philosophers and shit, and just, hmm, yeah. Jeff, another question for you. Tom Waits, what was he doing here? What was he doing in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, that that took me aback. I liked him in the movie, though. Oh, I did a ton, yeah. But I don't actually remember what he was doing in the movie. He was a mad scientist, and he said a lot of made-up terms, like, in a row. But the thing that's strange about this to me is Tom Waits, as a musician with a successful career, is in a position to not need to do movies. Evidence also of the fact that he's done, like, three total, maybe. So it it seems to me like he... I, I think you're actually underestimating how many movies he's been in. Am I? He has 34 credits as an actor. Well, I'll take that back. But still, even still, I feel like he must have had to, like, been given a script or been given a solid pitch and be like, I have to be in this movie. Yeah, Because that's what happens with a lot of these movies that we, we cover is, like, the, like Billy Zane was in The Phantom. And that was because Billy Zane was, for some reason, a huge fan of The Phantom. I don't know why. But um, it's the only way we can describe how that movie got made. Yeah, but that happens a lot. So I can't fathom that Tom Waits was a big fan of the, of the Flaming Carrot comics. I mean, I'd like to think so. I think that this movie was just weird enough that it's in his wheelhouse. Because if you look at, like, his credits, and if you look at just who he is as a man he is like really into just like the bizarre stuff so i i think that maybe he just was like i'll be in movies but people have to like pitch me really biz- like he's in the book of eli he's in the imaginarium of dr parnassus uh bram stoker's wow. dracula mystery men obviously he's in like really bizarre or like indie films so I, I think maybe he probably just somehow got the script and was like yeah i'll be in this hmm I, or some, I don't know, maybe he just, his album didn't sell well and he needed to make a house payment. Uh, well, I think uh, the only thing, oh, I, I, sorry, I wanted to clarify this point from earlier. I mentioned Michael Bay was in this movie and that confused Pogues. He is, he's actually credited in the IMDb credits. He plays the main leader of the frat boys, uh, the one who asks, can we bring is our Bruce? Is it the Michael Bay? That is the director, Does Michael Bay. Does he do Bay. a lot of acting? No, yeah. not at all. It is bizarre. Like, he must know the guy who directed it then or something. Because, like, it's like, I can't think of anybody in this movie that he's really worked with. No. That, oh, and he would be like, yeah, maybe and, a writer? And a young, young-ass Dane Cook makes an appearance. Oh, as, yeah, which as I, the I wrote down. I was like, oh, good to see he started. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, any, uh, a couple of last questions. Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I I don't really know whether I would recommend this to be honest. I mean, it was to a cr- friend, to somebody that you like. That's an important maybe thing to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I like a lot of like. Let me put a scenario for you. A friend texts you. It's not me. Uh, that friend says, "Hey, Jeff, Mystery Men is on TNT, and I know that you're a big Ben Stiller fan." So. <laughs> <laughs> As, as the connoisseur of Ben Stiller in our friend group, I wanted I wanted to ask your opinion. Should I watch it? Are we on the phone or are we texting? Are, uh, let's go with right text now? first and phone next. Yeah, I'm not gonna respond to that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's one of those not. ones where I'm okay. just like, all right, that's I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you roll that one off, and then a week but, later you say, sorry, I was busy. But yeah. I'd probably just be like, yeah, watch the movie. I'm glad I watched the movie. Yeah. I thought it, like there were some good laughs. Like it was a good time. It was too long. You know, there's time for like bathroom breaks. <laughs> go get another beer would it would the movie have been benefited by being uh intoxicated to any degree oh i think so for you sure. think so for sure you know smoke a little something have a few beers okay mm-hmm. yep am i allowed to say that on a podcast no no you're gonna no, get this, this podcast is, down. is teetotaler podcast <laughs> good at least i don't know I, I don't know maybe ben's changed since he moved away but <laughs> we're the two least hit people i know it's true uh uh okay so 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 lastly does this make you at all want to go read the Mystery Men comics? No. <laughs> okay. Not in the least. But these are these are standard questions that I'm, I'm asking intrigued. for I'm the sorry. first Carrot time. Man didn't podcast. make an appearance. Like, wasn't that in the original? Like, What's that, sir? Carrot Man or something? Oh, the flaming carrot is the origin, sort of the, sort so of the why central is that not character. in the movie? Like, that's what I want to the see. The CGI maybe that was a bridge too far. The like, CGI was, was too expensive. Man, his head is a carrot. It's so who would you cast as the flaming carrot? Oh, that's a good question. Knowing nothing about it besides that picture I showed you. I think, Lance I, think, I think they should have had William H. Macy as the flaming carrot. See, I was I, I was thinking um I was thinking like a like a like Jerry Seinfeld. That's that's why I think Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> yes, Daniel Day Lewis should play the flaming carrot. Which wouldn't surprise me based on the fucking cast of this movie. I was gonna say this movie though, after like when I was like, Is that Jeffrey Rush? And I looked at it, I was like, I think I need to stop thinking Jeffrey Rush is like a classy good actor i mean i think i've misthought who jeffrey rush was for years now here's a, another question that we never ask and it's only going to come up this one time jeff mm. if you were one of the mystery men what would your superhero name be oh wow the jazz the jazz yeah yeah well that's actually good and i would just like not really know that much right because it's perfect because you don't actually know anything yeah. about jazz now, what would it, you I, would, I would have to like Google everything anyone said about jazz and be like, yeah. What is superpower? Just superpower. Yeah, what's the power that goes jazz? jazz? Or you just you interpret? Scat. Did, why why are you giving me the third degree on my power when you just watched the mystery event? Look, you're a guest. I'm trying to put <laughs> a lot of stress into your life. That's my job here. Yeah, you did us a favor, and now we want to make you regret it. Yeah, well, no one wants to listen to jazz. That's the superpower. You make okay, fine. Jazz. I'll ask you an easy question. Rank your favorite Ben Stiller movie. <laughs> That's impossible, man. He's he's too good. I can't pick a favorite. That's true, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and we have that on tape now, so we can prove yeah, that. Yeah, and it was, it was probably my best impersonation ever. Now, Ben, we, we know the answer to this question. Would you recommend this movie? Yes, with no caveats. Really should be at least one caveat. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Maybe too long. I'll accept that. Now, what would your superhero be if you were in the Mystery Men? Um, so I, I've often joked that I think people have low-level mutant powers. Like they have people tend to have traits that uh, wouldn't help them fight crime or do anything useful, but it is something that stands them out as being somewhat special. In my case, no one sleeps as well as I do. No one. My wife can attest to this. I fall asleep in an instant when I lay down. I am 
out. And when I sleep, I don't stir, I don't move, nothing wakes me, and then I wake up in the morning and I am a morning person. I get up, I feel fine. It's insane. I should not don't be like alive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I'm the sound sleeper. That's that's my that's the my sound sleeper. Yeah. Uh, not like Doctor Z's. Doctor Z's? That just sounds like disease. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't want to be diseased. Trying to come, you know, like Z's, like, you know, somebody's sleeping. No, I, I get where you're coming from, but you fucking Look, it's blew clever it. wordplay. Is this like the transition into your Casper mattress? Shut up, Ben Stiller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the sponsor? <laughs> yeah, that's the sponsor. Yeah, where I get my best sleep is on a Casper mattress. It comes <laughs> in a box. Look, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we could do this for an hour. Uh, I will. I will say, only watch this movie if you, at some point before this, were like, maybe I should watch it. But if you have, if you've never heard of it and you have, like, it doesn't seem to tickle your fancy just from the description, I would not recommend watching it. It's it's too long, and there's just not a, enough meat on the bone. There's like actually, there's a lot of like gristle, like fat around. <laughs> there's just no meat there. There's tons of beautiful scenery and weird setups. Can you, give actual, me a, can you give me a vegan analogy real quick? Uh, there's not enough rutabaga in the <laughs> south. I don't know. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever eaten a vegetable? <laughs> no, you've seen me. I'm a chubby nerd. I did not eat something unless it had a soul. God willing, there's you know two souls in every meal I eat. Um, well, Jeff, are there anything you want to? Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna close it down. Anything you want to plug? Uh, as always, the end of our show is a chance for you to uh, share with us any projects that you have going on. Uh, oh yeah, I actually do have. You do. Uh, this is amazing. Most of our guests don't. So convenient. My friends are underachievers, so this is yeah. fantastic. Most of our guests don't even want us to tell people their Twitter <laughs> or full name. That's fine. Did you? Yeah, Sometimes they ask us not to post the episode. Ben doesn't know my full name. So. No, I don't. I've asked him for years. Um, yeah. So, but it's not actually my plug because it's really, it's really Mikey's. Uh... No, no, it's your plug, Jeff. You, you are, a, 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 you are a, a, a character on a podcast. Is that not correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's called the Hammock Tapes, and uh, my buddy Johnny and I are arguing about uh, whose turn it was on the hammock when he came over to. Uh, my house uh, when we were like eight years old. So you guys are so, continuing uh, an argument from yeah, childhood. Yeah, I mean he, he's a uh, you know an incorrigible child. He or he was. I mean he still is. Uh, and he was over at my house. I had to play with him uh, and like tried to steal my hammock out from under me. I don't know. It's unacceptable. It's my house. And we've been arguing about this for years, and we thought maybe like the world would want to weigh in so now i listened to the first episode and i do appreciate that it's definitely different than the podcast i've listened to because it's delivered in a series of back and forth voicemails yeah uh with with all the the proper sound it's like listening to an answering machine with two people arguing on it which yeah, i so, kind I mean, of fucking love you know mikey is our producer and he's got a lot of really great podcasts you should check out as well i mean ketchup kitchen ketchups is yeah like, mike's an all-star of this podcast uh, it's it's good stuff and uh, i'm assuming he's been on here maybe oh not. multiple times yeah he's, Oh, yeah. yeah, he's our he's our go-to when we watch a movie so bad we can't get anybody else to be on. Yeah, he likes bad movies. Um, I think he's starting to dislike us, though. We've given him some bad stuff. Uh, all right, well, well excellent. I, I highly recommend that. Tapes. You, you can yeah. find you can find the hammock tapes on uh, any podcast you know app or 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 site, just like you can find our not another origin story as well as uh, you can find us on Facebook. 
likes, which should help encourage uh, people to, to come to our site. And uh, reviews are like currency on iTunes, so help us out. Yes, leave a review there. We'll be back next week for the mini episode and tell you what movie's up next. We'll see you then. Yeah, good talking to you guys. Never happened to Dave Cook. Have you ever